Nope. I'm not I'm not creating one ounce more work for you, Graham. This is not uh, this is the way uh, this is the way I choose to do this. <laughs> uh, no, this is good. Awesome. Uh, great. No, I'm ready. that case welcome to yelling at concrete podcast jimmy thank you for having me you're very welcome now we've got past the dramas which is your current life <laughs> no it's good it's good uh, so i mean you, you kind of mentioned that so you're out in cincinnati yeah so i live a little outside of cincinnati ohio but uh, at the moment like i said i'm down uh, in kentucky where my grandma uh, she's just uh, a little south of me. I was swinging over here t- today to say hi to her, and it worked out because she has power. Worked out perfectly. And grandmas that's are the ones who always save us. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. She, had, she had cookies there. So. Perfect. That's like that's the cliche, right? <laughs> it was a big win. Yeah, a huge win. Um, I don't tend to introduce guests because I'm terrible at doing it. So if you could tell people who you are and what you do, that'd be great. Yes. Uh, I am Jimmy Longbottom from the Longbottom Bird Ranch. I raise a whole lot of ducks and some chickens. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's all of it right there. It's pretty much to the point. How long have you been doing that then? Uh, so on different levels for probably about five years. At the level now where I have uh, more birds than I can count, right. uh, about two, two years. Two, three years. That's pretty yeah. crazy. When you say more birds than you can count, I'm just picturing like an army of ducks at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually part of a like running bit on my Instagram where people often ask me how many birds I have and I refuse to answer the question um, just as a joke. So I feel like if I told you the number, I would be betraying that bit. I feel Uh, like, I mean, it would ruin the plan for the ducks to take over if you revealed as well. I feel like if the ducks take over, I'm sitting pretty. They're yeah. over kindness that I did them, right? Exactly. So is this the secret plan? You know, yeah. befriend the ducks before the ducks take over. Yeah. Well, Graham, I don't know how, how secret it is anymore now that you've called it. I mean, that depends how many people watch the show, I guess. Or how many ducks are watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how, I mean, I feel like there's a really obvious question. of How did you get into farming ducks? Yeah, um, I'm going to do my best not to be real long-winded because I do that. But podcast, you got you got all the time in the world. Right. Uh, <laughs> I uh, wanted, so I spent a lot of time kind of struggling with my place in the food chain. I was a vegetarian for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was a vegan for a shorter amount of time, and I decided that I wanted to raise an animal to be able to, uh, you know, you know, eat directly from the source. So I wanted to raise some birds for eggs, and then eventually those birds uh, would turn into meat birds, and I would have a, a really close relationship to where my food was coming from. So I got some chickens uh, to begin with and raised them for eggs, and then when it came time to turn them into dinner, I couldn't do it because uh, I raised them since they were ducklings and I just, or since they were chicks and I, I just couldn't do it. So then I tried it with ducks and it didn't work again. Um, so then I just started taking in more and more ducks, uh, almost like a collector. And uh, most of them are males. 
so they don't lay eggs. So I kept getting more ducks trying to, you know, get an egg layer. And I just kept getting more and more males. And uh, here we are. But prior to that, as a kid, I was uh, a member of Ducks Unlimited. Duck hunting was a big part of my life when I was younger in this area. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with um, kind of later in life, my struggle with, you know, what's what's my place in all of this? How do I feel about hunting and, you know, what I did back then? And, you know, the ever-evolving um, kind of wrestling with, with myself and, and where I get my food. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I recently, so I do obviously um, solo podcasts where I just wax lyrical on an idea. Um, and I discussed fairly recently, like I've been vegetarian now for two years or so, basically just yeah. pre-pandemic, I went vegetarian. I went very much for the reasons that you're talking about in the sense of, you know, I don't particularly see an issue with eating meat. I don't, you know, picture of anyone who, who wants to eat meat, but I was unhappy with not knowing the condition of the animal before I get it. Yeah. And not having access to that information. So I just decided it was easier just to stop and then, you know, do the best I could getting the bits which I could. So, yeah. It, uh, it, it's interesting that you say that. And actually, I listened to that episode because I liked your take on bread, I believe. Ah, uh, the meat, the, the bread cows. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Uh, I, uh, because of like what I do, I follow a lot of accounts that are farm accounts. Mm. And also, because I don't um, kill any of my ducks, I, I spend, uh, there's like a lot of vegetarians or vegans or animal lovers who follow me. So I watch this discourse between these two different, you know, ends of the spectrum all the time. And it's really full of a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, angry energy, I guess. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen that too. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's always uh, refreshing to have like a, a calmer, like more, I don't know, uh, introspective conversation about it rather than pointing fingers and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong type of deal. Yeah, that my least favorite thing is being advertised because you obviously when you when you become vegetarian, you're like searching vegetarian options for things. Yeah. And then obviously your phone starts offering you all the adverts in the world for, you know, fake chicken and fake beef and all this. And clicking the comments on those adverts is absolutely <laughs> not <in my> fuel. <laughs> uh no yeah i see it all the time a lot of my stuff on instagram is full of those comments um like a lot of the earlier stuff uh it is uh it's a it's a weird world like when those two things collide i was i find it interesting for a point of where you break it down to it's food you know it sounds so simple it's just food and then you see people like literally red in the face screaming about it and you're like okay just take a step back maybe um yeah it's food (laughs) yeah and it's like so many other things where when you're when you feel differently about it or or like your beliefs are really strong and you're just yelling at the other side which both sides do this yeah yeah farmers you know will say terrible things about vegans or vegetarians and the opposite is true too um I just, I just never know what the the end game is because I don't think anybody's mind's being changed, right? No, it doesn't seem like. I, I think that's why I do the podcast because it's, yeah. it's. I like relaxed conversation. I like relaxed discussion, and yeah, fi- finding different viewpoints is is my kind of a view. Right. I mean, you. So you, you've been. You say you've been farming for five years. Uh, yeah. Also, what did you do before that? Did you just fall into farming, or was this kind of? 
a family thing or? Uh, well, I think that uh, a lot of people would take issue with the term farming because I will self-identify as a farmer, as a duck farmer, just because I don't have a good name for what I do. Okay. Um, I, uh, uh, all I do is raise ducks for eggs, um, that I sell those eggs, and then I, I keep the ducks more or less as, for lack of a better term, I guess they're pets because uh, outside of using them for education or like online purposes, they mm-hmm. just exist. So, um, and I really just fell into that uh, the way I kind of or said before is I just ended up collecting a lot of ducks while trying to get to this place where I could have enough layers to make a living off of selling eggs, but we just never got there and things went kind of a radically different direction. It is funny you said farmer, though, because I have identified as a duck farmer yeah. without knowing what I should call myself, right? Am I like a duck hobbyist? Like, I don't know. But when I've said that before, a lot of people are like, well, you're not a farmer because you don't sell the meat. So uh, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, whatever label you want to use, that's fine. I'm just not sure yeah. what that is. That's so strange. I mean, I, I would class, I mean, you, you'd class someone who breeds cows for milk as a dairy farmer. Sure. Yeah, maybe I'm trying to think of a better way of name, and all I could think of was like duck enabler. Yeah, you you just enable ducks to just make more ducks. Um. Yeah, Uh, that is true. Uh, Yeah, I guess the only reason I think about it is because so many people, you know, you don't want to pay attention to those comments because you'll never get anywhere good like that. But uh, a lot of people point that out, and uh, uh, duck farmer just seemed to seem to fit. It does seem to fit. I wish I had your dairy farmer um not argument but your your counterpoint to them saying that i could have used that i may go back and use that grant next time just yeah. next time it's just this next time it comes up you've got it you've got one in the bag to be like dairy farmers that's right what do you mean? i i will post a link to this podcast yes anyway, my friend graham's got some thoughts on this this time stamp where they start questioning it and if they have a problem with dairy farmers you need a better name for dairy farmers like cow landlords and duck landlord i like that duck landlord but that that could get quite like slightly domineering because you you like they're paying you to stay on their land (laughs) and most of them don't lay eggs so i don't know what uh what we're really getting out of it except the, the joy of watching them swim that's true. I mean, presumably, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about ducks. I feel like I know about ducks because I've seen ducks all my life. You know, it's like one of those animals you've always like, I know enough about ducks. And then you speak to someone who does know ducks. It's yeah. It's funny that you say that because that is what I spent a lot of time doing with these. I'd hold some like education clinics for like the youth. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of the main point of that. What I bring up is this is uh an ordinary animal that we've spent our entire life seeing. I don't even know how often people, when a flock of ducks or a flock of geese go overhead, even look up anymore to notice it. And uh, that's kind of what we talk about is these are a really fascinating animal that uh, we forget about. Like, you know, I've learned a lot about uh, the natural predators of ducks in my area. So I've spent a lot of time learning about raccoons and never in my life, given much thought to raccoons raccoons are probably my second favorite animal now even though they attempt to kill my ducks at every turn they are a fascinating creature um that was my tangent about raccoons 
That's I, I mean, so I mean, obviously, raccoons aren't in the UK, and I, I did, I yeah. So I fascinated some American friends because I went to a, a zoo in the UK, and there was yeah. raccoons at the zoo, oh. and I took a picture, and they're like, "Why are you keeping raccoons in like a zoo?" Because <laughs> they're not common. I never thought of a raccoon just eating a duck. <laughs> oh yeah, it is the actually when I do these presentations, I go through the four top predators. And I, I tell a little bit about each. And number one with a bullet is the raccoon because of all the other predators, it is the only predator that has the opposable thumb. So it can open complicated locks. It's like a raptor in Jurassic Park. It's amazing. Like it opens doors. Uh, how do you defend against that? It's a full-time job. <laughs> a creature that will open a door. It's insane. They're too advanced. You, you, you have to stop them and come in. That's... <laughs> I spend, I spend uh, uh, a lot of time with raccoons, stopping raccoons. I, uh, uh, I don't, uh, a lot of people online will give you uh, some opinions on what you should do with raccoons, but I don't do that either. Yeah. Uh, I do trap them though, and I release them. Uh, I trap them and try and uh, have a talk with them and then let them go, and hopefully they won't come back. But uh, even when I have them, uh, trapped i'll give them water and give them food and you watch yeah. their little hands grab the bars like they're prisoners and it is uh fascinating i, I, this, I mean this is the thing like, i i i love watching animals just do their thing yeah you know? i i think there's something really nice about just watching animals and even even people who kind of like email or whatever it's like you you get anyone and you show them an animal just chilling out yeah, mesmerized. And it, it's a weird human thing which we do. Like, yeah, it, yeah, which is one of the cooler human things we do, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like, I like that part of it where we like to just creatures. They, uh, uh, but yeah, raccoons is one. Man, you blew my mind. I did not know the raccoons were not in the UK. They're not. No. Uh, I wish they were. That'd be great. Yeah. Raccoons everywhere. Yeah, I think. Yeah. In terms of like, I'm trying to think of what we have, which is similar to a raccoon. The closest things we so we get, we have a quite a fair amount of foxes in the UK yeah. and uh, badgers. Like those two would be as close as we get to a raccoon. Yeah, but even then, they're rare. Like I wouldn't run into one of those just on the everyday. Uh, yeah, we have uh, badgers. No, but fox. The other three of those top four: are fox, coyotes, and. Um, hawks hawks um the power of flight right i have a question for you about hawks because oh. i have a harrowing story for you about <laughs> let's get into it so um a couple of friends of mine who live in kind of suburban area where we were recently bought a house and they have a lot of pigeons in their area because of a lot of trees and they essentially they found an injured pigeon at the front of the house, and it just had flown into a window or something injured itself. So they put it in a little shoebox and were like, right, we need to go out for a little bit. So they set it up with like a little bit of seed, a table in the, like the box and pop the box just outside to give it some fresh air. And then when they came back, they were greeted by essentially just bloodshed in their back garden because a hawk had come down and was yeah. stood on the chest of the pigeon, just eating it. Mm, all right. Uh, so the question I have is, is like, so how do you stop hawks? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a great question. Have I got an answer for you? Uh, 
Uh, I wave my arms a lot in the air yeah. and would try and scare them off. The other way to really tell, like hawks will come often and like circle because I'll have the birds all out in the field. Mm-hmm. And often you'll see them just start to come down a little lower and lower as they're circling. And at that point, we're either going back to the house or uh, I have what's called a sorting rod, which is what I use to kind of like, it's like a walking stick. I try and guide the ducks. Mm-hmm. And at some point I just start walking around and screaming and waving that in the air. It's not very, um, it's pretty embarrassing, honestly, if anybody cut it on video, but uh, that's about all you could do. There are, uh, I have a couple of videos I put up about Hawks and people tell all kinds of stories in the comments about like horror stories of Hawks just sitting 10 feet away, waiting for their opportunity. So I don't know of any good way to really keep Hawks away, except for uh, when I'm around, they're typically not going to make their move. But a good thing about Hawks is that uh, you see them coming long before they're actually there, especially on a sunny day. Like you'll see their shadow go across this field 10 times before they actually make their descent, um, which is uh, just an interesting thing you learn about hawks. Sunny days are the best days because you can see the hawk coming. And terrifying for ducks who just watch a shadow skip over. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, this. There was this television series called uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. And yeah, small show. And yeah, uh, no, nobody's had a Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, they had to cancel it because I was the only person watching. But uh, the when you see like the dragon, the shadow of the dragon in a couple yeah. episodes, that's what it feels like when the hawk shadow goes across the field. Yeah. Uh, or I'm just being really dramatic because I'm out there by myself with some ducks. I mean, that's the best way. I, I've, I've, I just felt so so sorry for my friends because essentially they, they tried to do a nice thing and then they essentially just served a hawk a buffet of an injured bird and some seed. Oh, so. <laughs> It is it is horrifying, right? But I also have this thought all the time when I have, like, especially raccoons trying to break in or I have lost ducks. To, the only predator that has ever actually gotten my ducks is fox. Um, and I was there. Like, I watched it happen in front of me. Um, it There is another piece where you're like, I mean, it is another creature who this is what they do when I'm not around. They're, you know, feeding on each other. And uh, there's some appreciation for that that doesn't make me have any kind of, like, hate for the the animal. The hawk or the fox that took my ducks, you know, I I did not do my job to protect those ducks um, that day. But, um, you know, the fox was just doing what the fox is trying to do. Yeah, I think it's the, I think that's a, I mean, that's a major point of contention in the uk is foxes um because there's obviously there's still fox hunting in the uk with like horseback riding and all these kinds of things i know the farming community at least has a big um kind of a big want to be able to get rid of foxes and and all these kinds of things and it it always strikes the general public or people who've never been involved with that as strange because you're like well it's just an animal doing what it does and you keep a lot of animals that they eat so it makes sense yeah it uh it does yeah i wouldn't uh like hunting in general is something that i because i used to do it like i mm. grew up hunting, big big part of my life um and i don't do it anymore and i can't imagine i'd do it now but i uh 
if I ever spend time thinking about it or reading about it, I, I waver back and forth on whether or not I think it's necessary or if it's not. Like there's a big piece of it where there is a lot of habitat that is preserved for wild ducks from the money that comes from like Ducks Unlimited or other hunting organizations. So, you know, I'm torn like that because I, um, you know, they really do. Like I, when I was a member of Ducks Unlimited, you go to these events and there's so much, um, uh, I don't know, love for this, this majestic creature. They talk about it with high regard and up until the point they shoot it. Right. And that's yeah. just, I'm with them all the way up until that point. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to do yeah, that. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I, I, it, yeah. I completely agree. I think I, I cause I, I always, even when I was younger, I always liked the idea of hunting from the standpoint of it's not factory farmed. You know, it's, yeah. it's not, not a battery hen. It's something like that. Like I went out, it's like, I put the effort in, I put the the time in to go out and find this. And it'd be like a once in a, once in a few months thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I can completely agree. It's just like, a, I don't think it's something we're ever going to solve until we. Yeah. Right. Yes. Rewild a- or <laughs> give up meat completely. So. <laughs> It's another one of those things, right? The uh, the one where both sides are red in the face, pointing yeah. and yelling. It's just uh, too much. There's not much you can do. So I was trying to um, kind of consider what, what points we could talk around about ducks. Sure. Because they're, they're a large topic. So what I did was I asked a group of friends questions which they want to know about ducks. Okay. Uh, because you're a duck person. I figured this was an easy way of, of getting in. And then I recently saw your post about ducks and bread. Yeah. And I was, I, I thought if you could explain your point about ducks and bread, because I know that's a major thing of like, people get concerned now about feeding ducks bread. And Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you asked me because I, um, it's like the most controversial thing that I yeah. do. I'm not a controversial guy, but my stance on bread and ducks is, ugh. um, so, uh, this kind of came from, so I raised ducks. So like in my, like, day-to-day life with people i run into a lot of times people will say to me when they find out they'll be like well do you tell people that they shouldn't be feeding ducks bread because it's bad for them with kind of this like gatekeeper mentality that like a lot of people seem to have around it and it bothered me (laughs) because the way i like i fed ducks bread when i was a kid growing up i think a lot of people have um you know it's just it's just one of those things you go you have a loaf of old bread you go to the pond you give the bread uh it's not good for ducks it is uh useless it fills them up they won't like they're full of this um non-nutritious for them bread so they're not going to go out and eat something they need to eat but um people are people care about these animals that's why they're going and feeding them bread that's these are good hearted people who maybe like if you just let them know which is what i was trying to say in that post i'm like if you do this often it's worth it maybe to go to a tractor supply or a farm store buy a 15 dollar bag of duck feed and just bring that instead it's better for the ducks but eating bread for ducks is as bad as me eating mcdonald's french fries all the time it's not good for me but it is going to keep me i won't starve that day and a lot of ducks are dependent upon these visitors at these ponds or rivers. And my concern is that if you say you're not allowed to feed ducks bread, it's bad for ducks. These people are just going to say, all right, well, then I'll feed the ducks nothing. Yeah. Um, 
And the person who said you shouldn't feed ducks bread, I'm worried that that person isn't going down there with pieces of grape to feed the duck. Um, so all of a sudden, uh, the ducks have nobody feeding them. So uh, I think I, uh, everything I said in the last three minutes, I do not think was very clear, but I'll sum it up like this. Yeah. Uh, feed the ducks. You want to feed the ducks bread? Awesome. It'd be better if you fed them something else, but if if you're willing to feed them bread, appreciate you doing it. I think yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair point. I, I it reminded me of um, a comedian called Mitch Hedberg, who yeah. used to have a joke about ducks, which is who was along the lines of um, like the ultimate joke on ducks is that they love bread, but they have no means to get bread. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like love that idea. It's just. Ducks just sat there longing at supermarkets, just like, oh, there's so much bread in there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the thing with ducks, is they'll just eat anything, like anything. Um, and bread is like it's an easy thing to bring down there. And it's you know, no ducks. No ducks are being poisoned by bread. It's fine. Um, it is weird though. I feel like it is the last year or so. It's the first time in my life I've heard people really start talking about bread not being good for ducks or how bad it is. Yeah. I think like you say though, it is one of those things if you, it's probably one of like the earliest memories anyone has as a kid is usually, yeah. you know, you go to a park or you, you go to like a little wildlife center or something and you feed ducks and usually you, your parents take you with a bag of crusts to throw to the ducks. Yeah. 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 And it just, it really bothers me that anyone would, try and correct that person in a way that wasn't helpful because anyone who wants to go down and, you know, take pleasure in watching ducks and, you know, give them treats, mm-hmm. uh, gets a big thumbs up in my book. Most definitely. I do have a follow up question about things ducks eat though, because someone, oh, was yeah. asked, someone asked, do they eat acorns? And if so, how so? Because acorns are huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, not a big thing around right where I'm at acorns, but I do know that, uh, they can eat acorns. Like a lot of things that like naturally occur, like they're going to be able to eat it. Like they've, they've evolved to either be able to do these things or not. The biggest concern with acorns is, uh, I know it's one of those things that's like super rich in tannins, which can just make some, some any animal sick. And, uh, how a duck digests things is it has right at the base of its throat, it has, it's called a crop um, and the crop can get something in it. that's too large to pass through. This is one of like the biggest health issues I have with all the ducks. And you have to spend time like putting water down their throat, massaging the item like through their system. The crop is there to kind of break things down um, and ducks aren't going to chew anything up. So what's going in is basically going in whole. That's why I say, like, if you give them grapes, dice up the grapes. Um, like so that toddler, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like toddler. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this is true with toddlers, but yeah, ducks can have acorns. They'll be all right. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be the person who puts out that you can feed a, a toddler an acorn. <laughs> Graham, Graham, I'm going to do it. Everyone, acorns for toddlers, Longbottom Bird Ranch approved. It's fine. Set it, we'd set it here first. Second controversial thing of today. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. Um, I think that the, uh, yeah, but it'll be fine. Anything, you don't want anything too big going in that crop. That would be my only real concern with the NA corn. Yeah. hope that answered that question. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, when I read the question, I was like, I, I don't see why it's such a big concern. And then they explained more to me, like, well, acorns, you know, this big, and a duck's neck is like, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, because ducks don't have teeth. <laughs> they basically swallow, like, they'll break up a little bit, but they basically swallow everything whole, and then it gets broken down right in there uh, i spend so much time like because you can see the chest is bulging and if it doesn't right. go down today i know there's a problem so i just have to sit there and massage on them the duck heimlich just... uh, yes the reverse heimlich where i wanted to go the other way but yeah yes precisely that's genius i like it <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, I noticed um you you name your ducks do you name all your ducks yeah and i actually don't name them I, uh, so I have a separate Instagram account where, uh, what I did is I, so around Easter time, this may be true in the UK too. I don't know. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> I don't, uh, a lot of people get ducklings as like, uh, okay. get, kids do. I did. Um, so if you, when these ducks grow up and they're too messy to keep, people will drop them at local ponds or at a river. Cause you know, you see ducks at the river and, why can't I put my duck there? Because domestic ducks that you would buy at the store uh, don't have the means to survive. They cannot fly. So, if it, you know, they're going to die out there. So when I got my ducks, I decided, all right, let's say you're going to get a duck for Easter, but you don't think you can keep it. You can virtually sponsor one. You get to name it. I'll send you a video uh, once or twice a month with an update about your duck. So I did that. And uh, now every single duck has a, sponsor they named their duck and so when i say their names is somebody it's mostly like children for the most part and they get a couple videos every month of me telling them how the duck's doing and anybody can watch that it's lbbr quack pack on instagram it's a separate account where i posted all that i feel like you may have just solved my need for a christmas present for someone just sponsoring a duck perfect perfect i've got i've got one right now sue ling she's already named it that's the problem Oh, yeah, I don't know if you want to go confuse a duck by changing the name. Like, yeah, I did name. I made the mistake of naming a few of them, like my first ducks, my first flock, and they named one I thought was really pretty the day I got her, Sue Ling. But uh, I refused to change a duck's name, so it's unfair to the duck, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe it's a dumb question. Do ducks have personality? Uh, yeah. I, I say yes. Yeah. Like some, some like to bite me and some don't. Yeah. <laughs> some it. are sassy and some ducks aren't sassy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Most of them like to bite me. Now that I think about it. Yeah. But, some of them are trying to bite you. They're just trying to swallow you. <laughs> they are. Yes. They don't. Yes. They're like this. I don't know. I just, if I could swallow that acorn, I feel like this, this fella. This guy. Like maybe. Yeah. It's like it's a, it's a very bold. I feel like snakes do that similarly. Like you, you have a snake and you kind of you'll feed it. And it'll go yeah. a little while, and every so often it'll be like, "Well, maybe I could swallow that yeah. guy." <laughs> I think that's like one of my favorite old movie tropes is the whole human body and the snake. Yeah, uh, I watch a lot of horror movies. I feel like that's. I, I feel like ducks would be a great thing for a horror. I don't know. Why. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, as, as a matter of fact, I don't want to sidetrack, but that does bring up a question I have for you. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. You can ask me as much as, I mean, I ask you loads of questions. You've got to be able to ask me questions. It's a two-way yeah. street. <laughs> conversation, right? Um, so, so I listened to the, the podcast. I love the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I'm, t- I'm on it right now. Uh, so there, I've heard you drop hints. I feel like you have some sort of connection to ducks. And I heard you mention uh, like a, a stuffed duck that you were using on a TikTok video at some point. Oh, uh, yeah. So that, that's, yeah. that's Pickle. Who, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Pickle is a, is, a, is a blue stuffed duck. He's okay. about this big, and he's a, he's a stuffed toy, which we we won at uh, like an amusement fair one year, and ha- has no wings. He's just feet and face, pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's 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 quite strange, but the, the story with him is kind of strange in the sense of when we were, so we were at this fairground and 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 playing the game and, and whatnot, and we won this duck, and I didn't want to win the duck. Because I didn't particularly think much of him compared to other prizes mm-hmm. in the situation, um, and so we got this duck, and then long, long down the line, me and my partner separated. Um, but pickle stayed with me. All right. So now I still have this duck, but I can't. I, I don't want to part with the duck because we've now become friends. <laughs> uh, you, you and the duck have become friends. Well, yeah, you got to be friends with the duck. Yeah, oh, of course. Uh, Oh, that's good to hear. That's a good name too, Pickle. Pickle, yeah. So, what is it about Pickle? If it didn't have wings, how is it that you've identified it as a duck? I mean, it has a beak, and that suggested. I mean, I don't know how to gender or to what what makes a duck compared to like a platypus. <laughs> I agree. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, well, when you said it's a duck, it's just feet and a head. I. I'm busy over here trying to visualize and was having some difficulty, but uh, uh, I love it. So that is the, okay. So that's a good, uh, that's a good connection you have to ducks. I do have a second connection to a duck. I think, can I guess what it is? Go for it. I think I know. Uh, Did you, I saw a piece of art that you had made of a duck. That, right? is the, that is the second connection to a duck. I have a piece of artwork about a duck. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma came prepared. Uh, this guy's done research. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I liked it a lot. Um, we what? Is, so tell me about that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen, I, my, it's an illustration of a duck smoking with a, a black armband uh, and a, a little heart symbol on his chest. I, so I, I have a I have a bad habit, or not necessarily a bad habit, of drawing animals in human situations. Mm-hmm. Because and I, I make I make a calendar of depressed animals every year. I just had one come out because I like this idea that we we're kind of each individualistic for you know personalities as human beings, and we look at animals as unique. We go, you know, they're majestic, they're, they're these elegant, wonderful things, and then we try to apply those theories back to ourselves. And we don't we don't see it necessarily because we work mundane jobs. You know, you were doing gas station or cooking in a kitchen or something like that. So I, I like drawing animals in human situations. Yeah. And with the duck, it was literally I think it was like one month. I was just having an absolute crap month. And I was like, 
what if there was just a duck who represented apathy to such a degree of, uh, you know, a duck doesn't have lips, so it can't hold on to a cigarette, but he's still mm-hmm. smoking and he's got like a black armband because, you know, he's a duck. He's, he's basically born to die for the most part and he's just chilling out. But inside he's still kind of loving, which is why the heart is on the chest. And that's my, my duck. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's um, uh, part of a series I want to do, essentially, of smoking yeah. animals. Uh, yeah, no, I really like the idea of the, of the duck smoking. Actually, at one point I was going to, I still have to, because I promised someone I was going to, I have to get a tattoo of one of my ducks, but I didn't want to get it. Um, I didn't just want to, like a picture of a duck. I wanted it as like a character almost. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, the art or the uh, tattoo artist had shown me a picture of a duck smoking a cigarette, and I was like, yeah, it seems There's something bad. elegant about a duck with a cigarette, and I it don't really, know what it is. I don't know. I, I'm a former smoker, I just like cigarettes, but uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I think, as well, like, I, I mean, it's, it's a tangent, but I think like smoking ducks always remind me of Looney Tunes, and yeah like Hanna-Barbera cartoons because whenever you saw like Daffy or anyone like that just in a moment of trouble they'd have a cigarette is that true it just it just from what my memory says I feel like it's one of those things I've got a very definite memory of like one one scene being like lined up for a shooting gallery and someone lighting him a cigarette yeah. and I think there's just something about that like I don't know it just it fits like the <laughs> It, it does. It makes sense too. That is so wild to me because there's that we're so far from a cartoon ever doing that today, yeah. right? Showing a duck smoke, but it seems to make all the sense in the world. There's cartoon character animals were probably smoking all the time in 1954. I know. That makes me well. Like I, I don't have kids, so I don't know in terms of modern cartoons of how you depict a character giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Like in the back in the day, they'd have a cigarette, they'd have a drink, and they'd have a cigarette. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I also don't really know what today. I made a Paw Patrol reference the other day because it was okay. like what I thought the new like cool thing was, and I was uh, people let me know that's a really dated kids reference, and <laughs> I thought that was I thought that came out months ago. I had no idea. I think someone re- who, who did uh, an episode of something else that someone made like a Ben Ten reference. And apparently that's years and years gone. And I was like, no, that came out like last year, as far as I know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's a real sign of my age when I was like too old for SpongeBob SquarePants, really. Like it was right at the end of my childhood when it came out. And uh, it's been around for like 25 years or something insane. Like, uh, cool. Yeah, it, it worries me. I've worked with a lot of younger people who you ask them like what their main point of references are. Like, yeah, you know, when you get nostalgic, what you think about, and they say SpongeBob SquarePants, and I'm like, no. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was recently the Blues Clues guy um, came out and uh, was trending because he showed up and did like that. I don't know if you saw that. He did some. Yeah. I remember you guys' video, and I'm like, man, I never saw that show in my life. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. I, I mean, coming from UK, like Blue's Clues wasn't a thing in the UK. The only reason to know about it is because it's been a meme since yeah. it's come out. And then I've learned about it all from that. Yeah, I do a lot of that, like reverse. Like, yeah. Something that they're like, look what's, look what's happening from 25 years ago. I'm like, well, let me learn about the original. Um, 
it uh what what was the big in the uk fraggle rock is a uk thing right yeah yeah well i mean fraggle rock had the the benefit of being kind of like jim henson and and oh was it that like yeah and obviously the muppets went huge so then fraggle rock continued like got a little bit of that like tension and Uh, all right i yeah i um growing up uh pop like anything like muppets fraggle rock eureka's castle like anything that was puppets i i could not access because it uh, it was something like it was this in-between world that really freaked me out so i never watched any of that oh muppet christmas first muppet thing i've ever seen and i know you recently did a podcast with someone about muppets basically yeah and i uh that's the first time I'd ever seen Muppet anything was Muppet Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol which two thumbs up, by the way. I mean, it's my, my favorite Christmas film. Oh, yeah, that was good. It was, good. It was just a shame that uh, it took me 38 years to finally watch, to watch anything with a Muppet. I would, I would say that you could, you could easily go back from Muppet's Christmas Carol if you ever just like, I want a wholesome evening and just watch any of the Muppets films and you'll, you'll still be satisfied. Like, it. It does. Is it okay if we're going on a little tangent here that is oh. not about to? Okay. Uh, I That's what this whole it. show is about. <laughs> okay. I worry that I'm upsetting the, the format. Um, I have been doing that in the last couple of years, which I've been trying to open my mind to like a lot of pop culture things that I've either like uh, applied the contempt prior to investigation to, where I just was like, I will not like that thing. I will not look into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like anime is something that I, my whole life, I'm like, that's just not for me. In the last couple of years, I uh, was like, well, it has such a, like a big fan base. Like maybe this is something I will like. So I've tried to watch anime. Um, Muppets is like something for my, it's harder to access the things from my childhood as an adult, but like Muppets would be another thing. Um, one that's really worked for me is I always thought Godzilla movies were like from the 60s and 70s were so campy and silly. And then I went back and watched all the Godzilla movies and I've like loved them, loved them. And it is just one of those things where it's like really surprising that I spent my whole life being like, I will never try that thing. Yeah. And then like the Godzilla movies specifically, like, uh, like I'm so into them right now. And it's a real shame that I, I guess I'm glad I, I found an interest in this now, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, I do that all the time. Of just kind of that 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 little inkling where you just like, ah, maybe I'll give it a go. You know, maybe yeah. I'll I'll try this out. And, and going back and watching something, I, I'm always like, because I so like you mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. I I I have an annoying thing in my head of like, if something re- gets recommended to me too many yeah. times, yes, I actively avoid it. Like and Game of Thrones is a good example of that. When Game of Thrones started, everyone was super hyped about it. They're like, you're gonna love it, Graham. It's all about yeah. this and this. And I was like, that's great. I'm never gonna be able to watch this show. <laughs> I totally get it. I will never watch Squid Game for as long as I live. I know I yeah. won't. Because everyone keeps telling me, You haven't watched Squid Game yet? And I'm like, I'm just I'm out. I'm not gonna watch it. Uh no, that total yeah. sense. This shows which I, I I feel like I know I'd love as well. I think um, this show in the UK, Black Mirror, which yep. people, yeah, it's completely up my alley. I love like Twilight Zone and X Files and things which are like kind of mm-hmm. twisted and a bit dystopian. But too many people were just like, you need to watch Black Mirror. It's, it's definitely, you'll love it. Like, yeah, but I, what if I don't now? <laughs> yeah, that's, 
<laughs> which is funny. What if you don't, right? If it gets hyped up too much, that's with, when I tried anime, that's one of the traps I fell into is everyone's like, this is the best anime. Watch this. And I watched it and I was like, it's okay. Like I liked it. Okay. But if this was the best one, then I guess I'm just not going to like the rest of it. Right. Or at least that's the attitude I brought to it. An analogy I made recently said like anime is a lot like sports in that everyone thinks the one they watch is the best. And they're, they're diehard. You can't say anything wrong about their favorite anime in the same way you like, you can't belittle anyone's sports team because it will just upset somebody. Anime is exactly the same. And then when you're on the outside and you step in, you're like, these are kind of the same. And I don't know which ones I like. (laughs) That's great. That's that's great. Uh, well, I feel like uh, that quote may uh, convince me to try another anime then, because I like it. You know what I mean? You ever watch something people recommend? And you're like, I liked it fine, but I came into this thinking my life was going to be it was going to be a revolution. Going to blow my mind. I mean, I can recommend you an anime, but I don't watch a lot of anime. And the only one I would say to maybe try to watch is Trigon. Oh, you're right, Graham. Everyone says I never even heard that one. Yeah, it's it's like I think there's like one season of it. Oh, perfect. That's now we're talking one season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one season. I found it funny. All right, All right. I watched uh, Cowboy Bebop, which was about sixty episodes, uh, which is good. I mean, and uh, Death Note was the other one, which was um, also pretty good. Yeah, Death Note is another one ones which got recommended to me, and uh, yeah, I just I, I avoid watching. <laughs> It was good. It was, it was fine. Uh, man, I hope nobody tunes in thinking I'm going to talk about ducks. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, we can get back to you. I, I can make a great segue here. Watch this oh, yeah? professionalism. So the only thing I know about Death Note is I know the theme music because the band who did the theme music, I listened to. <laughs> and oh, on really? that note, do ducks, have, do ducks respond to music? And what kind of music do they like? Oh, good question. That was... <laughs> You are a professional. Professional segue there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, they listen to a lot of music, a lot mm. of music, because I listen to a lot of music while I'm doing chores and I cannot keep headphones without losing them. So my music's always blaring when I'm yeah. working. Uh, so yeah, I would say um, if I had to say their favorite bands are uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> they love Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and uh, a lot of uh, contemporary country music. Okay. Uh, I would not. Uh, uh, I haven't noticed them acting uh, one way or another. They they're all just uh, busy being excited by the treats that I'm throwing as I'm listening to the music. So maybe there's like a maybe they'll have like some sort of Pavlovian response now. If I play Bruce Springsteen, they expect a like a mealworm every time that a Bruce Springsteen song plays. I do wonder, could you program behavior in ducks? Yes, I would say yes. And this would be my example. Is So when I moved, the ducks live in the pasture during the summer, but I had to create like a winter home for them because it does get too cold for them to thrive. Mm -hmm. So the pasture is across the farm from like pretty far. Like you have to take left-hand turns, right-hand turns to get out there. And so I walk them out there. And they swim out there. And then when they're ready to go back to their house, they will go back themselves. And they find their way back 
to their small house. And it's only interesting because you, it's not a straight line. Like they have to go behind one place and around. So it it makes me feel like they have some sort of like, uh, I don't know, navigation or they can figure that out. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's one of those strange things. I think I, I don't know why, but when I think of birds in general, I don't think of birds as like massively trainable. Yeah. Because you see, see them so wild so often, you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, well, I, I guess I see, like, we talk about, like, birds with better, um, the better ability to fly than mine, but, like, people who train hawks to come back mm-hmm. to them, right? Um, the, um, what you just make me think of? Oh, so there's this hotel here in Nashville, Tennessee, called the Peabody Hotel, and it's a really nice hotel, and their deal is they have ducks that live on the roof, and once a day, the ducks march down, get in the elevator, come downstairs, and walk and swim in the fountain in the middle of the hotel lobby. And it's a it's a big deal in Nashville. Uh, this is Memphis. I'm sorry, anybody listening to Nashville, this is Memphis. And they, um, so like they're, they're kind of popular for that whole deal. Um, but ducks just want to be in the water so it's kind of like them walking from the pool to the house like when i see that i'm like that's not surprising they just want to swim so they know where the water's at they're going to go there but when people go to watch it they're like these ducks have been trained impeccably trained like circus trained but they're just walking to their pool that's that's just that's just well that's that's ducks living in a penthouse yeah (laughs) going down to the pool precisely that's right peabody bell i'm throwing some shade your way right now I mean, it, 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 you say shade, but at the same time in my head, I'm like, if I ever go stay in Memphis, I'm going to have to go to the Peabody Hotel. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, too. I keep thinking of trying to start an Instagram beef with them and see if I can get a job doing that. Because if a hotel in my area would open up, let me, we, we can set that up tomorrow. I feel like you'd have to go bigger. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll need suggestions because I have more ducks. They only have five ducks. I can exactly. do more. Yeah. You could like flood a lobby with ducks <laughs> and then just have them all walk back up to where yes. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like we're spitballing here. This is good. Um, I need to make some connections with some local hotels and uh, see what well, I can make. Start a duck hotel. I could start a duck hotel. Like, like most things in this life that I do, they, they cost, these all sound like it cost money. I don't have. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where you like it costs money. You don't have, but at the same time I'd invest in a dog hotel. Like yeah. if, if this ever made it out, like this video may, may, makes it big and you know, enough people watch it. If there's someone out there who's like, I got a few thousand, few thousand dollars I could throw Jimmy's way and he could follow a dog hotel. Listen, anybody listening, listen, I've got worked at hotels. I got hotel experience. I got duck experience. What else do you need? This is all coming together. This is, it's all, I've, I've got this vision in my mind now of like a, a duck themed hotel, maybe even in the shape of a duck, like, yeah. like long neck. So it's like singular rooms. And then you have the penthouse on the bill. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and Graham, I would also, uh, tell you you should look up the peabody hotel because what you just made me think of is they actually do live in a penthouse the ducks do it's a it's an entire it's a marble house on the roof it's made of marble and the fount they have a fountain in their house and the the fountain is made of gold like 
my poor ducks are living in swimming in five dollar kiddie pools. Your ducks just the idea that there's ducks out there living better than I am. it's. I think there's there's a lot to be said about class and and the the ducks marble house probably and the you know there's probably maybe some people in need in Memphis, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of when you, you it's um, like we were saying earlier, <laughs> like the complex situation between wanting to hunt animals and not wanting to hunt animals. When you sat there, like, I kind of, there's a jealousy aspect to these ducks. <laughs> right. I want my duck to have that setup. Like, I would love that. Uh, I also don't know if my duck should have that setup, right? But, like, if I, if I got the money to make a marble sweet for my ducks maybe that money should like go to charity or something yeah maybe i don't know i guess it gets kind of good i don't know why i've got a picture in my mind of like you know like when you get a hotel or like a entertainment venue which has a house band yeah and i like the idea of a duck house band which is just ducks on instruments oh yeah okay all right well we could possibly make that happen. I, I have been putting the, someone sent us crisp, like Santa costumes for the ducks. And I have been putting those on the ducks. So getting them an instrument on them, I, I do not think uh, is beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't think you need to be told how to make engaging videos because you make some very engaging videos. But I feel if you, you put some ducks in some band costumes and put it to a soundtrack, Country Western ducks could easily take okay. off. <laughs> I would, I would put putting the ducks in costumes at the top of the list of most difficult things for me to do. I, I don't know if you know this, but they they don't want to wear them. They, if you see a duck wearing a Santa hat, he wasn't he wasn't on board for that that video. That you just you actually just remind me. I, there's a so I own a small like zine publication like a little magazine which is literally just ducks in hats and now i'm questioning how you got all those ducks in hats oh yeah they don't want to wear those at all yeah i i make sure we're only in the hat for a second uh you know you you used a term that i heard you use in a previous podcast and i was like if i get the chance i'm going to ask you about it um not to sidetrack us again but zine you were talking to someone you were talking about like a zine um not a convention, but like, uh, like a fair, okay. a fair, zine fair. And I listened and I was like, it's fascinating. I have no idea what that is. What is a zine fair? Okay. So do you know what a zine is? We'll start at that point. No. no. Okay. No. So we'll, we'll, we'll run through a quick issue. And this could, be, this could blow your mind because you could easily make a duck scene, which would blow people's minds. So All right. second, second idea, hotel, if we can't afford the hotel. All right, I'm here Start for it. So zines are um, essentially the small press publications. So they're called zines because it's half of magazine. Mm-hmm. And the, they started like way back when in like the, the 70s, 80s with bands and musicians and people using them for activism. Because essentially they were published as like part of the punk rock press of people just started making fanzines or little, okay. little paper publications about their favorite bands. They would go to shows and they would swap and exchange zines. And the same with kind of activism. People wanted to get messages out there. They wrote down these little booklets and they handed them out. Since then, obviously, it's grown and grown. People use them for different different means. And a lot of people use them as like a, a way of just getting their thoughts out, like a catharsis sort of thing. They, they'll kind of sit there and like write a diary zine 
and then you you know hand it off to people who are having the oh. same lives but you can do them on any topic so like i have a zine about ducks it's just mm-hmm. it's it literally it can be nothing it could be a, a zine which is just full of photographs of ducks in hats okay and a zine okay. fair is just a fair where you go and sell or exchange zines okay all right i uh listen the, the long bottom bird ranch may cross the the barrier to being profitable after our our conversation today <laughs> we've, really, we've got some good ideas <laughs> I wouldn't come to me for business advice. <laughs> oh, they all work for me. A duck hotel, a, a duck zine. I, I would probably, I mean, uh, I guess maybe that exists uh, in the U.S. too, and I'm just unaware. Is, is that a? Is that just a U.K. thing? Or they probably have this over here too. I'm just unaware of it. It is a like a, a punk scene that I'm not cool enough to even know about. No, so z- like zines are kind of strange. So they are they're worldwide, and you actually the, the zine scene in the US is actually probably much b- bigger than the UK scene. The, the reason you probably won't run into them is a lot of them happen in like major cities and major industrial cities. And if you're not into kind of the music scene, I guess what would be classed as like counterculture scene, where like rock shows and st- stuff like that, you just don't run into it. Um, like I, I only got into maybe a few years back and despite being into all my arty stuff i'd still never even run into it because to me they were just comics like you know right. everyone, everyone knows what a comic is and then someone came around like actually no it's like a, an offshoot of what comics are as you can make these which are publications so so you're telling me if i looked for a zine fair in wilder kentucky where i'm at currently i i may not be able to find it you might may, I'm, I'm curious now I'm, I'm curious. i may have to but Wilder, Kentucky has a grocery store and a Frisch's Big Boy restaurant. That's about the only, I don't know where we would meet at. I mean, hang on one second. I just did a quick cheeky, cheeky Google. All right. I mean, I found something called the Kentucky Fried Zine Fest. Oh, uh, uh, that sounds like it may be here. Which is in Lexington? It's an hour away. There you go. Kentucky Zine, Zine, Fried Zine Fest, DIY culture, zines, and small press publications. Look at this. A whole a whole scene that Jimmy Longbottom has never been privy to. It's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those, especially, I think, like, kind of like we, the old stuff, it's just, it's, it always amazes me how, how big something can get and still never yeah. be seen. Like, yeah, it is. Right. You know, you're hiding in plain sight, and yet someone doesn't know that you have. Yeah. A, a ranch of ducks. <laughs> you know, that is uh, a good one-to-one is the, the farm itself. Is, whenever I tell people where it's located, it's within city limits. I don't give out the address often because um, it, uh, I, you know, I don't want anybody, uh, you know, I, don't want, I don't want the government counting how many ducks are out there, yeah. but uh, it, it is like, it's, it's hidden like right off in the city there's a 25 acre farm in the middle of it and no one knows it's there. And you're right. It's the same deal right in plain sight. It all comes full circle. Doesn't it? Yes. Ducks. Uh, Kentucky fried zine fair. Get ready for me. If you're listening, Uh, I'll be there. I mean, I mean, Chanty Jimmy, like I honestly think you'd love zines. I think you, you would, it's the kind of thing that, you know, like, like you say, you, you've had a, a, a journey of kind of animals and, 
and learning about them and you know, your passion for things. The whole, most people use zines because they're passionate about a niche subject and yeah. they, they look out into the world and they're like, nobody's talking about it the way I talk about it. I'm going to publish something about it. Right. And, you know. Well, you, you say that perfectly because that is something that's fascinating to me is passion about a niche subject. Like, you know, I'm passionate about ducks, but anyone, like when I listened to, when I listened, and I, forgive me for not remembering her name, but when I listened to your podcast where you were talking about Muppets, I'm like, this is a niche subject, but this is so fascinating to me. It's something I've never been interested in, but listening to people be passionate about um, something I know nothing about is is the most fascinating thing. Most and make, makes me want to be interested. That's how I, I'm watching all these Godzilla movies because I listen to someone passionately talk about Godzilla and I'm just like, all right. I'll be the next time. Next time you come back, we will sit for an hour and we will talk about Godzilla. I tried to today, didn't I? But I mean, I will happily open up for another hour with Godzilla because I have strong views about the Matthew Broderick Godzilla film. <laughs> the, the first Godzilla I ever saw, and I, I have not revisited that one recently. But Revisit. I find that one splits opinions in terms of whether people That's, enjoy it. Yeah. I thought I was of one mind about that movie, but no, oh. sadly not like everyone you like everyone i bring it up to you take about oh yeah like the godzilla film and you're like oh you're on about the new one i'm like no 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 we're talking about <laughs> matthew broderick with the soundtrack by jamiroquai we're talking about <laughs> was jamiroquai on that soundtrack he 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 did he he think he released the song deeper underground which is like for that film so it's so and i can that's how big that movie was is I didn't like it. And I can name, uh, you know, P. Diddy had a song off that soundtrack, the whole music video. The Wallflowers covered David Bowie for that soundtrack. I don't know why I know that. Jamiroquai is on that sound. What an amazing soundtrack, apparently, that was. Yeah, that felt, definitely we're, we're having you back. Because it's been, it's been great chatting to you for now. <laughs> yeah, it's been great, right? Uh, yes, thank you. Fantastic conversation. I've, I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you for coming. I think we've learned a lot about ducks. And, yeah, a, and many other things. And if not, <laughs> they can by coming to you on your, your Instagram and website and learning about yeah. it. Yes, I would say that if I could say one more thing. If I spend my, the, my real end game is to make sure why I do all of this is, mm-hmm. that, is to keep these ducks comfortable and happy. But also, when I started this journey with ducks, I, there are no resources online that give you one good answer. So I spend so much of my time trying to respond to every message anyone sends me about ducks. It's very important to me, and sometimes it takes me time. But I, anybody who's listening, if you do have questions, I do um, want you to reach out to me and ask me because that's, that's really what makes me happy is to be able to answer questions about um, about ducks and i'm happy to do it so. i think that's a very good message to end on definitely reach yeah. out to jim and go check yeah. him out yeah. and on that note we will talk to these guys later Bye.